Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends in Christ, gather together here at Divine Savior as we continue with this this series on the big reveal. I, I think you know already that this world that we live in over the course of time has seen some pretty epic battles. And I think if I were to put you on the spot and say, well, what are some of those epic battles that have taken place in the world? You you might think in terms of military, which makes sense. You might think of, of some of the more famous battles that were deciding factors perhaps in some of the the wars of this world, whether World War I or II, whether the Revolutionary War or wars that, that maybe didn't affect our part of the world. And that's, that's a fair statement. But we also use that word battle in a different way. Like there have been some epic battles you might think of, of those who have been battling for feats of strength and maybe you think of, of a boxing match and some, some epic battles that involved Muhammad Ali, for example. Or some of you might already be thinking about some battles that will take place on the football field this afternoon. Unfortunately, not with the Houston Texans, but there will be other teams playing, four of them in fact, and there will be these, these epic showdowns of who will be superior who will leave these, these days standing as the victor? There are some pretty big battles in the Bible too. David and Goliath, you think of. The fall of Jericho, you think of. And then you have what I want to talk to you about today. Which really is a pretty epic battle that doesn't always get the attention it could or should and I'm convinced the reason for that is maybe it's because it happens in the most unlikely of places because when you think of important battles you think of battlefields or you think of a, an athletic competition on a field and yet today you and I are going to go to church together that is to say we're going to go back to a synagogue, which is a church of the first century. And in a place that's usually known for peace, we're going to see a battle unfold. And as we watch Jesus in this battle, remember it's the big reveal. And I want you to answer the question, what is Jesus revealing against an adversary in church. And we can learn so much from it. And so I'm going to direct your attention to Mark chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 21 and read. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue 
who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. And news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the word of our Lord. So did you see the battle unfold? In fact, it's a battle that had been brewing for a while because this is what's happening. Jesus is now out and about with his disciples and he has a ministry plan in place. You see, sometimes we talk about ministry plans. What is it that we as a church can do to get mobilized and to to bring the word of God to others? Jesus had a ministry plan. He is with his disciples and it says they went to Capernaum. They said, we're going to go to the, the big city by the sea, the Sea of Galilee, And his ministry plan was this. Let's meet on the Sabbath in the synagogue where those who are searching for truth are going to be. And so it's a fair plan. They go there and Jesus went in and he began to teach. Jesus went into the synagogue. He was recognized as now being of the age which he could opine on spiritual matters now that he had achieved 30 years of age. And he and his disciples went into this synagogue and little did their disciples know it was time for another session of the big reveal. The question is, what was going to be revealed? What was Jesus going to do? And did you see it? The first thing he's going to reveal is that he is a teacher who teaches with authority. Remember what the kids were saying about how teachers need to be able to teach children how to learn? I think that goes without saying that a teacher has to be able to communicate truths in a way that the person can understand. And one thing that's not very effective is when a teacher doesn't understand the material themselves. And so what do we have here? We have one in Jesus who is going to reveal himself as being the authority on spiritual matters. And this took the group by surprise, which is sad to hear in a way. Because here they were, gathered together in a religious building. Here they were, used to hearing people talk to them about spiritual truths. And yet when Jesus got up and he spoke to them, what does it say? The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as a teacher of the law. Jesus is revealing himself, isn't he? He's revealing that he's in a category by himself. And you can already imagine what that conversation looked like because we still see the same thing today. Jesus revealed as one 
who was teaching in a different way. He was putting together the puzzle pieces in a way that those who were confused spiritually could see the big picture in a way they had never seen before. There were people there who knew the Old Testament truths. There were people there that knew Deuteronomy chapter 18, the lesson that I read to you. They knew they were waiting for the prophet, the one that was going to speak God's will to them. And over the centuries, there had been so many teachers of the law. But guess what teachers of the law teach when they don't understand Christ? They teach truths that are not truths at all, but lead to confusion. Which is what we are prone to teach if we didn't have the very word of Scripture to guide us and we were left to our own devices, then you would teach me and I would teach you and we would come up with our own ways of pleasing God and of getting to heaven. But Jesus is revealing himself now as the consummate teacher. And he had authority over the subject, which makes sense because he wrote the book. He's the one who entrusted that precious word to the Old Testament prophets, to the people of Israel. He's the one who spoke through that, that they might be waiting for the long-promised Messiah. And here he is now, connecting the dots and revealing a truth that was blowing them out of the way. The people were palpably excited because there they were in the presence of their Savior. And you might say that was sufficient enough for an exciting Saturday because the people went to church and for the first time in maybe their entire lives, they actually left excited because they got something important, the knowledge of a Savior from sin. But the big reveal isn't over. Why? Because as Jesus reveals himself as a teacher who proclaims the truth with authority, that's going to stir up the pot for one who doesn't want you to know the truth. And such is the case with the adversary that's mentioned. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Doesn't that kind of scare you a little bit? You see, the Bible has this amazing way of simply communicating realities to us that are very eye-opening. And one of the realities is this. There is opposition to the message of Christ. In fact, there is opposition to Christ himself. And it's opposition that is very content to lay low and stay in the shadows as long as we walk in darkness and confusion. And yet, the moment that the light of Christ starts to shine in our lives and in our hearts, the adversary has no choice but to speak up because he's losing ground. And so also with the devil. 
when he sees that the people recognize who Christ is for who he is, the great teacher, yes, even the very Savior, the object of the entire plan of salvation in the presence of the people, that evil spirit had no choice but to speak up, and yet he could only speak the truth, which is, I know who you are, and I'm getting upset because you're the one they need, and you're revealing yourself to them, and it's not cool. Jesus wasn't having that. He's going to reveal himself as one who has power even over our greatest fear. Even over one who scares us to death, which is the devil himself. Oh, if you want to, you want to make yourself feel uncomfortable, just, just start thinking about the reality that we're in a spiritual warfare. Just make yourself think about the reality that going on behind the scenes is a spiritual battle for the souls of this world. And you're involved. If you want to make yourself feel uncomfortable, just realize that on our own, it's a battle that we would lose 10 out of 10 times. And so every time Scripture speaks of of the power of Satan, of the fact that, that he loves to work in unbelief, And he loves to cause dissension and confusion. And we see an example of this evil spirit who loved to keep the people in the darkness now rearing his ugly head. Why? Because he's standing in the presence of truth. And yet in that moment, Jesus is revealing himself for the Savior you need. One who is not to be bullied or intimidated by lies, but one who defeats the devil with the power of truth. He didn't even stand a chance. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently. That's all he could muster. And came out of him with a shriek. There was a battle that day in church. And I'm guessing it wasn't a Sabbath day that the people who were in attendance would soon forget. In fact, they began to see Jesus for who he is, the revealed one who mastered Scripture and showed his power over the devil as well. But what does this mean for you today? we get to see the same thing. Do you know that church attendance across the country, across the church bodies of this world is on a severe decline? Do you recognize that many people have given up on the idea of going to church? And I can't really blame them. And I say that because churches haven't always carried out their work properly. Sometimes churches will make these grandiose claims. They'll they'll make these promises that they can't keep. They'll promise miracle after miracle or they'll promise blessing after blessing that doesn't always get fulfilled and then people become disillusioned. But there is a solution and the solution is this. If the church simply proclaims the promise 
of who Christ is, then we can have every confidence that that promise will always be fulfilled. Because on that Sabbath, the people saw what they were longing for. Do you know what one of the saddest parts of this text is? You know, some of you might say, oh, the fact that there was an evil spirit, absolutely. But go even further beyond that. The reaction of the people in verse 27 The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. The saddest part is that the truth of who Christ is, the reality of a savior from sin, the reality of one who can control the devil and in fact beat the devil, that reality was viewed as a new teaching. But that teaching has been around from the beginning. It's the teaching we've been longing for. It's the teaching that Scripture longs for us to have as well. And so when you come to a place that teaches the truth, when you come to a church that lets Scripture stand alone, when you come to a place where Christ is the center of all we do and we see him in all his glory, that new teaching is really the oldest teaching around. That in Jesus, the Son of God has dwelled among us to conquer our every fear and assure us victory. That's the revelation. The big reveal that Christ is everything he said he would be and everything our hearts could ever want. There have, in fact, been a lot of epic battles And we'll see how other future battles will play out. But one battle that I'm most keenly interested in is the battle that Christ wins every time when he proclaims his truth. That he, the perfect son of God, came to dwell among us. That he, the perfect son of God, came to undo the work of the devil. That he, the perfect son of God, took his sins upon his took our sins upon his shoulders, carried them to the cross, and that he, in the moment in which he gave his life on the cross, showed the same power over Satan that he showed in that synagogue. And it was definitive, and it was eternal. The battle is over. Christ wins, and so also you and me. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.